Hey guys, it's Megs with Life Stride Fitness. And today I want to discuss with you something that's kind of a hard topic and may make you just kind of cringe. But at the same time, if you're listening alone, maybe you'll find this helpful. Okay, so just bear with me. It's not meant to trigger anybody, but it is something that I hope that you can hear and have an open mind about. So today I want to talk about why your diet isn't working, and I want to give you just an honest perspective. So please bear with me, okay? You've been on a diet cycle for what seems like months, right? And you have this weight gain that has showed up recently. You may still be quarantined and packing on that weight from these quarantine snacks. It started with great progress when you first got it going, and then now you've kind of stalled or you're regressing back to old habits or any number of things, right? So I want to talk about weight gain. You do really great on your diet. Let's say the first week you get great results. And then the next month comes and your scale, which you've cleverly named the truth bomb. And I'm only talking from experience because that is literally what my scale I have named is truth bomb has done you dirty. The numbers in quotes don't lie. And it shows that you have weight gain and you're like, that's it. I'm done. I've been working so hard and I just quit. I'm done. This obviously isn't working. I need to find something else. I'm only telling you that I've been there. I get it. I still, coming from a trainer who knows better, (laughs) I still get this way. It's normal. It's human. It's human nature to get mad at the scale when you feel like you're doing everything right. Before we jump into the reasons why you've stumbled upon this podcast, let me just discuss diets in general, what they are, what they do, how they have the, all of the baseline focus is the same. That's right. All of them have the same goal. It's a calorie deficit. And if you haven't heard my previous episode, which is the perfect diet, please go listen, pay attention, take some notes. It's all good. So it just depends on the restrictions that they have to get you into that calorie deficit. And then once we discuss some of these diets, we will uh, go back into why your diet isn't working. So let's talk about diet culture. If you were to ask Google or Siri for the definition of diet culture, you would get several different articles by several different people stating why they believe diet culture is or is not blah, 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 yada, yada. The closest thing that I could find to an accurate, in my personal opinion, description of them or of the term diet culture is this. Diet culture is a system of beliefs and social behaviors that values body weight above health and well-being. So the size of your body is more important than how you are feeling or how your body is functioning. And that's a problem. We have got to get away from, I want to look like this because all my problems will go away if I look like this. That's not fact. 
the person who said that by that, by the way, was Erica Leon. When I think of diet culture, this exact thing comes to mind. Body weight or the number on the scale becomes more important than your health and well-being, and that includes your mental state. However, some think that just simply jumping from one diet to the next makes you a part of diet culture. And with my whole heart, body, mind, and soul, I 100% disagree with that. What works to stop gaining your weight? You realize that this diet isn't working as you didn't enjoy it and you decide to try something new, but that doesn't make you a part of the said diet culture. So don't allow someone to put you down for trying something else that you're trying to find that works for you because you're unique. What works for Jasmine may not work for Aladdin. Well, one's a boy and one's a girl, and it's generally not going to work that way. But anyway, I get off on tangents. I will also advise you that if you're deciding that something is not working after a few days or even just a week, try sticking to it longer. You want the stars to align, right? Well, that takes time. Everything takes time. You're looking overall for a downward curve of weight loss. Weight loss is never going to be linear. It's not, that's not how weight, your body doesn't work that way. You also will not show a gain from fat. Your body will not gain fat overnight in pounds. It's not possible. There is no way molecularly in your body that you can gain fat pounds overnight. If you're looking for a perfect diet, I have a secret to tell you, there isn't one. There's no perfect diet. The perfect diet is what makes you feel the best. Your brain function, your body function, your movement of your body and even to be honest, sorry, if you have kids in the car and they may giggle, your poops. That all goes into effect. I'll dive into some popular mainstream diets in a moment, but there's something I need to discuss with you that's a little bit more important. In fact, a lot more important. The weight gain shame. The good old days before the internet and everyone being in everyone's business was a time that if people made fun of you or put you down, it wasn't for the world to see. In the age of TikTok, everybody puts everybody down and puts it on the internet and then so-and-so sees it and shares it with that person and the toxicity of all of this weight gain shame is just unreal. And before keyboard warriors, if someone made fun of your weight by calling you a name in the schoolyard or on the bus, or even through a game of telephone, that was how it was. Maybe your mom mentioned to you, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who have heard this and probably can say it with me, a moment on the lips is forever on the hips, or some phrase that made you second guess another helping of your grandma's homemade biscuits and gravy. Shaming, whether intentional or not, is simply not okay. It's disgusting. 
And although I am an advocate for self-love and appreciation of your body, I also want to encourage you to live a healthy lifestyle so you can enjoy your life. Just because your diet isn't working for you now doesn't mean that you can't still lose that weight. Here's another thing. A pound is a pound. If one more person comes to me and tells me that muscle weighs more than fat, that's not, that's so not true. <laughs> a pound is a pound. Five pounds is five pounds. So whoever told you that muscle weighs more than fat is a liar. <laughs> they don't, and here, here's the thing. I'm not going to call them a liar. They don't know. They're only hearing things that they have been told over the years. Scientifically, that makes no sense. If you were to put on a scale a pound of tissue of muscle and a pound of fat, they would both weigh for it one pound, but they would look different. A pound of feathers is the same weight of, as a pound of bricks. Just like a pound of broccoli weighs the same as a pound of potato chips. So what I mean is a pound equals a pound, period. Okay, we got that? Okay, let's move on. The difference is the density. A pound of muscle is far more dense than a pound of fat. The more lean muscle and less body fat you have, you could be showing a weight gain on the scale. Your clothes feel saggy. I was going to say soggy. Saggy and baggy, loose, and you're up on the scale and it doesn't make sense to you. It's because muscle weighs more than fat. That's why you'll always hear me say that weight training is so imperative in muscle growth and helping you look more lean and be more lean, not just look, but actually become more lean. So next time someone tells you a pound of muscle weighs more than a pound of fat, just slap them the way Batman slaps Robin in the comic books. No, don't do that. You'll get in trouble and I don't want you to get in trouble and I don't condone violence here. So let, okay. Anyway, diets to fight against weight gain. There's so many types of diets out there and the list I'm going to give you with descriptions is not going to cover all of them, but I'm going to go over some of the basics that are like super popular right now and give you a place to refer to them for future reference if you want. I also have a blog on this if you want to go to my website. I do have them listed there if you need them in print form. So the ketogenic diet, I talked about this before. It's basically keto. Think the Atkins diet, but revamped. And if you don't know what the Atkins diet is, you're probably really young and I envy your skin. Um, so it's a low-carbohydrate fat or a high-fat diet. In a nutshell, you replace your grams of carbohydrates eaten with fat. The, keto the ketogenic diet restricts your carbohydrate intake and claims to have benefits that fight against diabetes, cancer, and other diseases that plague humans today. I've kind of already expressed how I feel about that. I personally like my potatoes. I like my carbs. I like my whole grains. So I'm not going to go keto because I personally like my carbohydrates. But it does work for some people. And some people, especially with those with PCOS, tend to feel better on a ketogenic diet. Who am I to say they're right or wrong? I'm not. Next is the Mediterranean diet. This diet is based on foods that were available to the areas of Greece and Italy back in the 1960s. 
This diet restricts your refined grains, think like your bread and pastas, and processed meats such as like sausage and added sugars and etc. There are claims that studies show that in addition to weight loss, the Mediterranean diet helps to prevent heart attacks, strokes, and type 2 diabetes. This diet restricts your refined grains and your processed meats and sugars. So it's restricting more from your diet in, a, in accordance to give you more benefits. The paleo diet. This is a caveman-esque type of diet and what they would have eaten if you, had, if you were on the paleo diet. Um, you could eat what you could hunt and scavenge for, essentially. This diet restricts sugar, grain, legumes, dairy, and practically anything processed. The paleo diet claims that if you lead a physically active life and you eat like you had to hunt for your meals, you'll have a lower chance of developing heart disease or becoming obese. I know right now that if I was stuck in the forest and had to hunt or scavenge for my food, I would be dead. First of all, I'm not killing even a rabbit. I can't. A snake? Maybe. I'm not going to eat a snake. But I would die. Die. Because I am not going to hunt for my food. It's, no. I have a husband. He can hunt for my food. But again, if I was in the forest alone... Tell my family I loved them, but I died because I wouldn't eat Bambi. <laughs> anyway, next, the Whole30 diet. Basically, you would stick to foods on the outer edges of the grocery store and nothing on the inner aisles. Restricting anything that is not whole, meaning straight from the animal or the ground. The Whole30 diet claims to increase your energy, it gives you better sleep, reduces your cravings for certain foods. It also claims that you will change the way that you think about food. It takes a lot longer than 30 days for your body to form those type of habits. It's a great start. And if you want to go for it and you want to try it, that's fine. I personally like to eat goldfish with my kid. I like pizza. So I'm generally not going to do the whole 30. The vegan diet. Now vegan it's a diet, but it's also a way of living. Some people prefer a pure vegan lifestyle, and I am not knocking it. If that is for you, that is great, but you're restricted to only plant-based foods. Nothing can come from an animal, including cheese and honey. The vegan diet claim, its claim to fame is a slimmer waist and better blood sugar control. Intermittent fasting, IF. A different way of eating where you're not so restricted by the type of foods you're eating, but the timing period of when you eat. So in other words, if you have certain period of time, you would have a certain period of time of the day where you're not consuming food. And then in the window of time where you can eat, you eat. Some intermittent fasted dieters don't track how much they're eating and they just eat until they're satisfied. Intermittent fasting claims to have positive effects on your brain function and longevity. Fasting in general can be beneficial if you keep your overall calories in mind. Like that's the huge thing. If you are intermittent fasting and in that window that you can eat, you gorge yourself on food and still eat in a calorie surplus, you're not getting the benefits of the intermittent fasting quote unquote diet. Carb cycling. 
again, this is not necessarily a bad thing. This can be beneficial if you are in a calorie deficit and you have certain goals, either aesthetically or physically, um, even, you know, athletically. If some goals you have, carb cycling can be very beneficial. The Nutritious Life describes this diet as a keto's more approachable cousin, meaning that you would restrict your carbohydrates on certain days only. It also states to notice your energy levels and decide if you may need to add more carbohydrates. This style of eating claims to help you lose fat and push past a stall in weight loss. So if you're having a hard time with weight loss and you've been doing a diet for a while, this may help enhance and kick things off a little bit for you. Counting macronutrients. This isn't so much as a diet as it is just a way of eating. And again, tracking for a certain period of time works for many people. I personally don't want to track forever because it becomes tedious and I become annoyed with it, to be honest. And I feel like I can get some for the long term. In short terms, I'm fine. But for a long term of period of time, it can become very mentally draining on me. And then I feel I get into a negative headspace of, well, I can eat this, but I can't eat this. And anytime I have to tell myself I can't have something, I need to reevaluate what I'm doing. Mentally speaking. So if you've read some of my pretty, if you've, if you've read articles, sorry, if you've read articles, um, you know, I enjoy counting macros, um, as a way of keeping up with my calories, but in the long term, I can't do it for long periods of time. There's no real restrictions. It's being mindful of what you're fueling your body with um, and the macronutrients that each of your foods contain. So proteins, carbohydrates, fats. It takes some time to learn and there's a lot of trial and error in counting macros. There's a lot of learning to be done and it's not a perfect science. All of those diets that I've spoken about have a common goal. And again, it's a calorie deficit. They're restricting in one area or another to have your calories lower than what you burn a day. Now, if you still can't stop the weight gain, if you've, you've, let's say you've just burned through all of that other information. You didn't really want to hear it. And now you're down to, to this part, which is 1838. I do encourage you to go back and listen because there's a lot of good information. If you've tried any of those diets and they're not working for you, no matter what you try, you step on the scale and you see weight gain. And before you throw in the towel and resolve, there's nothing you can do to lose weight. Let's just discuss some other things that might be going on. And this is where it may be a little uncomfortable. And I'm speaking to myself as well. It comes from a place of love and compassion, so just hear me. Honest perspective here. You have some unrealistic expectations for yourself. Your diet isn't working because you've set some unrealistic expectations. Social media has ruined our thoughts on what we should look like. Everyone's highlight reels are on display, making us green with envy of the photoshopped influencers. Genetics play a key in your aesthetics, and it's just a fact. I'm not saying you can't get ripped, 
But if you're not designed to look like that, chances are it's going to be very hard to get you to that goal. You're not designed to look like someone else. You're designed to look like you. Your mindless snacking does count. Your diet may not be working because you're 100% honest and transparent with yourself, but not really. That extra spoon of peanut butter out of the jar on the spoon or the spoon you keep in the freezer just to have a taste of ice cream every now and again, those are all calories that add up. You have to be open to the idea that you may not be tracking every single bite you take. Mindless snacking does add up. If you're not portioning out your snacks, you could be having an additional three to 500 calories without even realizing it. Here's another thing. You may be too restrictive with your food choices. If you're so restrictive during the week that you binge on the weekend with everything you can fit in your mouth, you eat healthy during the week so you are on a set schedule and then weekends you feel you've earned freedom to eat whatever you want, and then weight gain, this is where you need to work on your relationship with food. Stop thinking that foods are good or bad and work on your mindset. Have what you want, portion control, have just a bite, but know that those calories do add up and just account for them. Stressing out because of a scale. If you're weighing every single day and letting that number have a say in how your day is going to go and you're seeing weight gain, it's because you're stressed and your body releases cortisol in your blood when you're stressed. When you're not active, the cortisol stays in your body and holds on to fat stores, mostly around your organs. So if you're a stress eater, such as myself, not really, if I'm stressed, I don't eat, but if I'm bored, I'll eat. You may be having a calorie increase just by snacking. Lack of movement. If you're not moving your body, but you're packing on the pounds, again, you're consuming more than you're burning. If you think you're being active because you park your car in the back of the parking lot to walk to and from the grocery store once a week and that's your exercise, let's just call a spade a spade and say we need to up the ante a little bit. Bottom line is, is you have to burn more than you're eating. And I've already mentioned the calories that your treadmill or your Stairmaster or your Apple Watch or your Garmin, Fitbit, whatever it tells you you're burning, it's lying to you in the amount of like maybe upwards of 60%. If you've done all of these things, you've been patient, you just can't lose the weight, you may need to see a doctor. And I mean all of them with an open mind, like you have done everything with an open mind and open heart and you're still not getting results. Get a doctor's appointment and have a full blood workup panel done to see what might be a bigger issue. You could have hormone issues that only a medical professional can help you with. Set an appointment with a nutritionist. Someone who's educated and well-versed in meal planning and prescription. Or see a therapist. There may be some deep-rooted trauma that's been holding on to you 
and fear when it comes to food. There's no shame in getting those things sorted out. So whatever's holding you back from achieving the results that you want, I hope that you're going to find a way to maneuver around it. I want nothing more than to see you succeed and to stop gaining weight. I'm open to hear your story. I want to offer you assistance and guidance however I can. So contact me. Reach out to me. My information's in the show notes. I would love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you however I can, even if it's just giving you tips on how to get started. I'm here for you, and I hope that you have a great, fantastic rest of your day. If you need me, I'm here. Have a great day, guys.